Welcome to Shireen Conversations. I'm your host, Marjana Paravan. On today's episode, I am joined by Rhoda Rahai, a seasoned tech executive with a strategic vision to take businesses to the next level. She is the Mary Poppins for the corporate world because she comes equipped with a tool belt filled with what every company needs to succeed. Her experience ranges from executive compensation, talent and performance management, executive coaching, expansion strategies, and more, working for companies like Oliver Wyman, Mercer, Postmates, Compass, and most recently, GoPuff. However, don't be fooled. Rhoda isn't the type of consultant that comes into an organization to just sit back. She will roll up her sleeves and get to work. That's just her style. Hi, Rhoda Jun. Thank you so much for joining me today on Shading Conversations. How are you? Great. Thank you, Marjana, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am too. So when my friend Alex said, you need to meet Rhoda, I was like, I definitely need to meet you. I know that a little bit about us, you know, you and I connected a little offline before we had this interview. I really enjoyed our conversation. I know that our upbringings were very similar in the sense of, you know, being from, you know, uh, growing up, um, LA, New York, both of that very similar for us. And I know that this conversation will be really beneficial for my listeners. So I really wanted to dive in about your education, your background, what you're doing now. And if there's anything that you wanted to leave us off with, that's where we'll begin. Is that okay with you? That sounds great. Amazing. So to kick us off, I wanted to start off with education. I know that you attended Boston University where you received your BA and you studied French. But what's also amazing about you is I noticed that you also went to Shanghai to study uh, when you're doing your uh, degree in MBA at UCLA. So I find that so fascinating to me because you went one path, you're learning French, and then you went to Shanghai and you're doing your MBA. Can you share with us a little bit where you did you already know what you wanted to do when you went to college or you're like, I'm going to figure it out as I go along? What was your process like? Yeah, I think um, I had a sense of what I wanted to do, which absolutely turned out not to be what I'm doing today. Um, and I think that's the kind of the difficulty of asking, you know, people who are frankly children at 16 or 17 to make decisions about their future. Um, but I had studied, you know, a lot of sciences and math and um, in high school and just assumed that I was just this math, science, very analytical person, you know, in our culture and in my family, it's mainly science um, and medicine. So engineers and doctors. And so there's a bit of an expectation that you follow a similar path. And that's kind of what I thought I was going to do. You know, I went to BU. Um, I grew up in Ohio, but I was you know, really, really focused on getting out of Ohio. Um, Ohio is a lovely place to grow up. And I, and I grew up in like a really beautiful town, um, but I craved a lot of diversity. And I just really kind of knew that there was like a world out there. And the kind of awareness of knowing that that world was out there was like enough for me to say, I, I need to go experience that world. Like definitely, you know, to the chagrin of my mother who, who wanted me to stay close. Um, but, you know, going to Boston was kind of the first step. You know, I started um, by doing a pre-medicine curriculum and just assumed that that's what I would do. I would apply for medical school after undergrad. 
And when I got there, you know, it's, it's a lot easier if you're doing that curriculum to just do a major in the sciences because you're doing a lot of the prerequisite courses anyway. But I thought, hey, you know, if I'm doing this anyway, why double down? This is like an opportunity to learn something else. And I've been taking French in, in middle school and high school since probably like the sixth grade. And I absolutely loved it. So I thought, you know what, like I'm going to study French and study science and I'll kind of get left brain, right brain, and be able to kind of do it all, you know, university is not cheap. So it's kind of like, how do you maximize that opportunity? Um, and I, and I did think it all came together at one point, my junior year, I studied abroad in Paris and I did an internships in an internship in the hospitals in Paris. Um, and I studied, um, at that time it was an internship in the endocrinology unit. Um, so it was a lot of kind of diabetics, a lot of gangrene. I mean, it was a very kind of enlightening experience. Uh, especially because in France, students go directly to kind of a university for like a longer period of time in their chosen profession. Um, but that, you know, obviously wasn't the case. And so I, I did that. I came back. I, I spent my senior year in a lab doing neuroscience research with a PhD from Harvard Medical School. And I was doing all of the things and still getting to study French. Um, and at the end of those experiences, I didn't want to be in medicine. <laughs> so like what I had taken from it was that my time abroad in France was incredible because I, I loved, um, you know, the international nature of it. I loved languages. Um, I did enjoy learning new things when it came to like the sciences and when it came to research. Um, but I wasn't like particularly passionate about the work that I was doing. Um, and at that point, that's when I thought, okay, well, you know, Boston was just a stepping stone for New York City. And now is the time where I can finally get to New York and I need to figure out what I want to do. And I didn't even consider applying to medical school or anything. I, I really just focused on getting to New York, to this like fantastic city with even more diversity and more experience and really focused on having the experience, like the life above all than I did on kind of identifying a career. That actually makes a lot of sense to me now seeing your resume of sorts, uh, how your mind works. Um, just because I was going to come in here and say, you know, your background, your career is so diverse and sometimes diverse people take it. If I was interviewing for a job, I feel like sometimes it can be a back kind of compliment because people are like, what do you mean? Like, does that mean I jump from one thing to another, which I don't see it that way. I, I feel like you're very strategic um, in your mind, the way that you work and even the way that you've built your career. Um, because how I saw it is that you, after, you know, you graduated, you worked in some great companies and you looked at a lot of talent. You were finding talent for different businesses. And then you went on to create your own company where you were helping a lot of B2B companies and B2C companies find those level of talents to fill in and specifically consulting, like those different types of positions. And then you also went on to create, you know, move on to different roles as well, which I'll get into a little bit further into my next question. Can you talk to me a little bit about what, how, I feel like you kind of answered it in the way that you worked in your educational wise, but what was your ultimate goal with one, creating your own business to help support these businesses? Yeah. So I, when I moved to New York, I, my goal was to be able to support myself, you know, financial independence at 22, my absolute goal. Um, it's, through kind of a series of random events and, you know, me running around Manhattan in a suit, 
um, and a bunch of different recruiters. I learned about management consulting, and, and that's how I got my first role um, supporting a CEO of a management consulting firm called Oliver Wyman. So that really kind of opened my eyes into business. Like I, I didn't know business; I only knew kind of science and language, and um, but I, I didn't really know business. I had no idea what management consulting was, um, and I had the opportunity to work um, for the CEO and kind of see it from the top down. Uh, I spent four years there. It was like just such an incredible experience, um, both internationally, working with executives, managing different programmatic stuff. Um, but for me, I just felt like I had a gap in what my learning was. You know, it's funny because I have done a lot of things and I think, um, and I appreciate you saying that I'm strategic because I, I do feel very strategic about the decisions I made. But I do think that variety is like truly the spice of life. Like I, I can't imagine doing the same thing um, over 20 years if I personally am evolving. You know, as I evolve my tastes, my desires, things that I value, all of those things evolve as well. And so I kind of evolved out of my role um, at Oliver Wyman after, you know, a, a tremendous experience. And from that experience and from that CEO, who I, who I still consider a mentor, thought I would go to business school. Um, and it was really there where I said, okay, I'm going to round out this knowledge of business and, and get my MBA. Um, and the funny thing is that program actually led me back into consulting, but actually on the consulting side, uh, which I never thought was going to happen. Like I really was focused on um, trying to get more into social responsibility and, and impact. So like, like, how can I make an impact through business? You know, you see people making tremendous impact in medicine and in healthcare um, when it comes to people's lives, but there's like a way to generate impact like way, way beyond that. Um, when I graduated, the market had collapsed. <laughs> and so this was kind of like the, the recession of, of 10 years ago. It's kind of what we're approaching now. Um, but I was really fortunate to have a summer internship and go back and do consulting. And I spent five years focused on human capital. Um, it was really for me, from kind of a strategic perspective, trying to continue to build the skills that I thought I needed. So I always talk to you know my team members and and you know anyone who asks about kind of building my toolkit, like as if I'm like, you know, actually wearing a toolkit. And just constantly taking opportunities or taking roles that I think will add to the toolkit. And so I had like this project management experience. I had worked with executives. I had global experience. I didn't know anything about finance or accounting. And, um, you know, leaving business school, I, I really needed analytical experience. Um, so my first role was focused on executive compensation consulting. You know, how do you pay CEOs and board members? How do you design equity programs? Like completely far away from like anything I had done before, but I'd never built a model before. And these are the skills that I wanted to have. And that evolved over five years into consulting around talent management. Um, so how to acquire and retain talent, how to, how to build strong and high-performing teams. Um, so it just built this like insane foundation for me in my toolkit and my little belt of people and of human and what what motivates humans um, in the workplace. Granted, this was really like financial motivation <laughs> at the end of the day, but you know, there's uh, you know, there's something to be said about financial motivation if it's someone's primary motivator. But yeah, it ended up being that I just loved the idea of consulting and doing projects, and I just felt 
such a sense of accomplishment in doing that that I, you know, went off to a smaller boutique consulting firm and I ended up just going out on my own and consulting in LA um, and really trying to get into this ecosystem of startups and high growth companies. And at the time, you know, you had Silicon Valley and there was this idea of Silicon Beach. And I was living in Venice, California in the center of uh, Silicon Beach. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like I have these skills and I can consult for companies and now move away from being part of these like massive consulting organizations to, you know, working directly with founders. And it was like really there where I got super, super excited about the idea of building and, um, that's became like my next thing to learn, you know, how do I build a business and how do I grow a business and, and w- what's product and engineering? Like, these are things that I was like, okay, now that's the next thing I need to add to my toolkit. That's so fascinating to me because I feel like when you said social impact, I feel like that's such a new, we just learned about like social impact being a role in businesses two years ago, like the start of COVID when the start of like Black Lives Matter, like all of these specifics that people were like, living and breathing, like how is this benefiting people of color? Like all of these specifics, how are you giving back to communities? Like what is the social impact towards like sustainability? No one really talked about social impact 10 years ago. So it's like you're ahead of your time. That's probably why there were no jobs. Yeah, but you were Um, ahead of your time. So I'm hoping everyone's listening to this. They're like, I should have listened to her 10 years ago. Yeah, I actually wrote all of my essays on social impact, which is the funniest part. Um, I had, I found a way to actually be, you know, I, I looked for opportunities to do that. Um, when the market crashed in like 08 and I graduated in 09, kind of one of the first departments to go was corporate social responsibility. It was brand new and it was kind of the, the first to go. Um, and so I had to look for other ways to feel like I was personally making an impact. Um, in business school, I was part of a, um, a group that was called Net Impact that's kind of a, a national organization and did pro bono consulting. And so I was working on uh, consulting for a microfinance organization in Africa with just like different business school wow. students and PhDs across LA around building a micro insurance product, like just completely crazy stuff. But so even though there wasn't like this like direct way for me to like go take that job in CSR after I graduated, there's plenty of opportunities like with anyone with the skills that they have to actually like generate an impact. And so those are kind of kind of the things that I did on the side. I think today how I contribute the most, and it's funny, it's something I've been doing the last two days um, uh, more directly is I'm because I have a background in compensation, I'm obviously a woman. I have, feel very, very focused on helping my friends, especially those who are women, though I help men and, you know, anyone, you know, non-gender identifying, but really to advocate for pay. And so a lot of the way that I think that I make an impact beyond just kind of bringing my talent, skills or whatever to a team is really bringing some of those skills to like help women negotiate and advocate for themselves in the workplace to help reduce gender pay kind of one woman at a time. And so I do think there's like a lot of ways to do it, even if you don't commit your entire, you know, career to social impact. No, that's 
Uh, that's an admirable. I can't even speak for that enough. And I'm already thinking like, this is a time where people are thinking, you know, when the collapse of the corporate structure is happening, people are leaving their jobs because they don't feel valuable. They don't feel like they can have the honest conversation with their compensation. And these are conversations that need to happen. So the fact that you're dedicating time outside of what you're doing to support individuals I, is phenomenal. And, you know, with that being said, it, really makes sense with the fact that you've gone to all of these different corporations and businesses um, to name a few like Compass, Postmates, GoPuff, which is the most recent. And you held positions that were very much in the executive level, like you've grown. And when you said earlier, you feel as though, you know, you, you don't overstay your time. You go into a business, you develop the, what that position leads to and you move forward. So it's not that you're like, Hi, bye. You have this toolkit that you created. The business has a need. You go into it, you develop, you continuously position that business towards that need that they needed. And then you move forward, which is like, you're that unicorn. You come into the business, you're like, you sit back, you watch what they need, you get it done. And then you move forward to the business and you take it to the next level, which I feel like the positions that you sat in the businesses, specifically like Postmates during that time, um, go puff, you came into those brands when I feel like the brands just became a household name. So it actually makes a lot of sense with that yeah. being said, no, go ahead. No, please. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, moving more deeply into tech, um, it's very challenging when you're like a consultant and yeah. an MBA because no one really care, cares about those True. things in tech. Um, so it's not that I hid those things, but it was more about, generating an impact. And yes. so you don't need the same career and the same education to generate an impact at an early stage company. And frankly, like anywhere, right? <laughs> like yes. you need, you need the, to build the skills and the experiences and education the way that you need them. It's not going to be the same for like anybody else. And so I had all of these skills and I knew as a consultant that I could generate an impact. But I think the worry is that you know, someone with my background would come in and be like super theoretical and they'd write a bunch of decks about like what we can do with the business and they actually wouldn't do anything to grow the business or to move it forward. But I think, like you said, it was like kind of the consultant in me and I feel, I'm a very like get my hands dirty, you know, I'm the kind of leader that's like, you know, alongside the troops, you know, I, I don't kind of delegate and move away. Um, but I think, you know, what it was important for me to show people was you know, not only can I come in here and think strategically about this business at 30,000 feet, but I can sit, you know, three feet off the ground and actually like get this work done. So it took a lot of convincing, but I would say, you know, being at Postmates, which was kind of like my first big tech role, uh, which was leading the Los Angeles and Southern California business was just like the perfect, like fantastic introduction of how to identify the gaps, um, understand your market, um, how to expand a business, how to focus on the customer, um, how to understand service, um, how to understand product, right? And so yeah. there was just like so many, like so much like end-to-end -end learning that was just insanely invaluable. And I think once you go in and you say, okay, I'm not just like your theory person, I'm actually like an executor. I'm, you know, like part of my French, a get shit done kind of person, it changes the game. And I think then your background, instead of being like a hindrance, it becomes more of an asset. And I think that just became kind of a stepping stone to the roles I took later, you know, at Compass, I was leading expansion and kind of like moving to launch the business in different markets. 
Um, I led M&A integration, you know, how do we acquire business and integrate them? Just like really almost random at time things I would do. Um, But it was because the process is the same. You identify the problem, you break it down, you kind of find the root cause, you start testing different ways that you think you can find a solution and you, you keep iterating and you move forward. And the goal is to make an impact. And I truly believe the people who make an impact, a positive impact as fast as possible are, are the ones that do well in these organizations. And I think that's kind of how my career has gone from there, where no role is truly like 100% defined for me. I'm just there to, to help, frankly. Exactly. And it's safe to say like no day is the same. No company is the same that you're going into. No day is the same. So would you feel as though now the direction where you're, you know, where you're going in your career, um, would you say there's anything that you would take away from this to say, you know, I wish I did things differently or are you every day you'd wake up and say, I'm glad that the decisions that I've made have led me the path that I've gone. I mean, I try not to regret things. Of course. Right. I mean, that's a hard question to answer, but it's, it's, it's very hard not to look back and say, God, you know, like I wish I went into tech way sooner, you know, um, I went in, you know, five years after my business school, like some people had been in tech for like over a decade at that point. And I'm just like having my first role at Postmates, like trying to figure it out. Um, But, you know, when you kind of take a step back and you think about life and your decisions and the stepping stones, like there's no way I would have been as successful in certain roles if I hadn't had the experiences I had before. It was funny, like a lot of people just assumed, um, in later careers at Compass, for example, that my success would come from learnings from Postmates. And a lot of the learnings I was applying were from Mercer. They were from talent management and human capital, right? I was like, I'm not applying actual learnings from tech startups. I'm applying learnings from how to manage people, how to engage people, how to promote them and, and have them be satisfied in the workplace. Like that's what I'm doing here. Um, so in that way, when I look back, you know, I, I don't regret things, um, even though, you know, I, I can't say that at 100%. But I do feel like each of the steps has taken me probably where, um, where I need to be. Yeah. And I think that's actually one of my last questions is, and it's perfect how you answered that is, it kind of lends that ear that, you know, it's never too late right? That you, just because you attended college, whatever degree that you went to 10 years of your time, whatever it is, it's never too late to start something new or take a new path. And one of my last questions for you is if there's one piece of advice that you can lend to my listeners, it, it doesn't have to be something so poetic, but if there's something that has resonated with you that you've heard through passing something that you held close to your heart, what, what would that be? Yeah. I mean, I, I have learned so, so many, many from so many different people. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's probably a few things. The number one thing I would say is to listen to your own gut and intuition. I probably knew a lot earlier in my life that I wouldn't go into the path of medicine. Um, but I didn't listen to that gut and it took a lot of exploration, you know, languages and cities and different degrees and different consulting or whatever to, to kind of feel like I found my niche. Um, 
And so if you do have like a gut instinct, like try to follow it sooner um, and try to kind of block out what other people are saying. I, I don't think anyone knows what's best for someone other than that person themselves. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, you know, as you are, are moving forward and as you're looking about, you know, in my career, how am I successful? Um, it really comes down to acting generously, you know, both personally and professionally in a, in a career, you know, when I go into an organization, it's, it's, it's less of like, oh, what can Compass do for me? What can GoPuff do for me? It's kind of like, okay, um, what can I do to generate an impact? What can I do to make the lives of my teams easier? What can I do to like create strong collaboration with my peers so we can like work together on something. It's really like going out and saying like, what can I do to help? And I think when people shift their mindset around more of like, how can I help others succeed? How can I help this business succeed? Not forgetting yourself in the process, right? But it all comes back. Like the impact is clear. Um, your intentions are clear and all comes back to you tenfold. And I think a lot of times it's, a little bit more about like how quickly can I get to X level and do X uh, and what do I need to do to get there versus just saying, how can I help? And recognizing that helping is generating impact. And if you generate impact, then, you know, hopefully you're in an organization where you can be rewarded for it. No, that was, I couldn't have said it better. So I appreciate that. What is next for you? I know that your role and your career is ever evolving, but if there's one thing that you're hoping is next for you this year, the next year, five years from now, what is next? What's the one thing that pops into your head first? You know, I'm kind of in this period, and I think this is kind of a a life lesson that I've learned is that I've been so go, go, go. And, you know, especially earlier in my career, looking for that promotion, looking for that title, looking for that recognition, that you'll kind of almost get caught in that. And then you don't take a step back and kind of listen to your gut. And I've learned with kind of these kind of micro breaks in my career, that when I take a moment to rest and reflect, I gain so much clarity because it's an absence of like all of the noise of like my mentors and my coworkers and my family, you know, telling me what they think I should do. And, uh, you know, I've left, you know, my last role at GoPuff, I focused on really a period of reflection and rest and relaxation and fun. And I've thought, you know, a lot more about what my next steps are because of this process, which has been fantastic, by the way. Like I recommend taking a break for everyone, anyone and anyone. Check. Awake a weekend for yourself, take it. Um, But kind of through all of this, I've I've recognized, you know, something that people have told me a lot is that, you know, you should just be like leading the organization yourself. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I take a role. Maybe I'll report to a CEO, but I'm not early enough to have, you know, that kind of like C-suite. I don't feel ready. I don't feel ready. And I just think this is, and maybe it's similar for a lot of women. I just felt like, you know, but my tool belt's not ready. My toolkit's not full. I, I still have to do X, Y, and Z to get there. And you see people who are like half your age that have just like the gumption and the confidence to go do it. And you're like, what the hell? Like I'm sitting here building all of these skills 
and I just have to do it. And so for me, I think as I'm kind of approaching my next role, I'm looking at saying, okay, now's the time you've built enough skill, like enough's enough. Now's the time to apply it. Um, but let's go earlier stage in a company. Let's build from the ground up. Let's take a leadership role and let's take all of this, like, you know, 20 years of work and education and, and grind and hustle. And let's actually be like, you know, a true leader in an organization. So that's kind of what I wish for myself. That's what I target for myself. And so I hope by the end of this year, I can say that, you know, that's kind of my life, my life today. I can see that for you and I can't wait to see what's next. So I truly, this was such an inspiring conversation. I appreciate the time that you've taken to even talk to us about this. Thank you so much for everything that you've lent us, all the advice, even those last words were really, really important. It's my pleasure. I am happy to be here, happy to to share the journey um, and love seeing other people thrive and succeed as they kind of go through their own own personal journeys. Um, And hopefully some people can take some lessons here today to maybe make their journey a little bit easier. But thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And I really appreciate the time now, Jenna. Of course. For more inspiring interviews, head on over to shittingconversations.com. If you like today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review and follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sheeting Conversations. You can also watch episodes on YouTube. I'm Majina Paravon, and you've been listening to Sheeting Conversations. Thank you.